0: salamu in, alaykum In the American legal system um, if you are charged with a crime you have an absolute right not to testify against yourself. It's part of the understandings that we have in uh, our judicial system in that you can't be uh, forced to incriminate yourself. Uh, The state has to prove its case against you. You are not required to aid them and assist them in their uh, work Uh, to prove whatever it is they're trying to prove about you. This, however, is not the case in the Day of Judgment. There are records that are made of everything you've done your entire life. And they're played back. And you get to watch them as they're played back. And you get to go through all that has been happened, all that has happened over your entire existence. And you see the good, the bad, the indifferent, and the unbearable. You no longer can hide what is actually going on inside or outside. Now, one of the interesting things about our life in this world is we can hide in plain sight. We can hide who we are, what we are, what we think, how we think, our opinions, our attitudes, from everybody. We don't have to tell them what we think and nobody can force us to tell what we think. So we harbor an entire amalgam of various opinions and points of view, and we don't have anybody to temper, necessarily, those opinions or points of view, because we don't even let them out, especially things that we're afraid to let others know. We hold them very close and very dear and don't tell a person about it so that we are able to continue to involve ourselves with our own uh, thoughts without any outside criticism. And criticism is an interesting phenomenon. Uh, Criticism essentially is being told that something you're doing is wrong or needs adjustment and a methodology for that adjustment to occur. In order to go on the Sufi path, you have to be able to be self critical. Now, think about how well people take criticism from others and their reaction to criticism from others Uh, murders happen because of criticism for people who can't accept criticism Uh, there can be violent reactions to criticism some people can grin and bear, bear it But, for the most part, only a certain number of people can take criticism well, react to it appropriately, and change. And this is outside criticism about outside things. And when you think about how hard it is for people to accept criticism, think think about how hard it is to be able to accept criticism from yourself. Think about how hard it is even to criticize yourself because of your own reluctance to face criticism. So here we are in a path where we're trying to change and we're trying to understand the truth, yet the nature, the underlying MO, The way we operate, the way many of us operate in a self-protective mode is to protect ourselves from criticism, to protect ourselves from anything that in any way makes us out to be other than really good, which means at the bottom of things that in order to be able To move forward on a path where you're looking for transcendence, where you're looking for enlightenment, where you're looking for major change to occur, the first thing that has to be broken down is your ability to take criticism. You have to be able to be self-critical. You have to be able to take criticism from others. You have to actually look for criticism. So, where we spend an entire lifetime avoiding blame and looking for praise, we almost have to turn that around and try to find where blame belongs and why we are to blame for certain situations in our life, why we are to blame for certain things that we do, why we do these things that would cause us blame or cause us uh, to be other than appropriate. There's even a sect in Sufism, and I, uh, the, the name of the sect doesn't come to me, but their whole way uh, that they go about things is to take blame for everything. They are constantly taking blame for every situation that occurs and they're constantly uh, uh, criticizing themselves for all of the wrong that they do. Because they understand, maybe a little bit too much, but they understand that you have to break through this inability to accept criticism. You have to break through this inability to accept blame you have to break through and be able to become self-critical because at the end self-criticism is the way you move forward it's only when you can spot the faults in your own hidden behaviors that you are able to move forward on the path to truth And if you don't spot the faults in your own hidden behaviors, you can't move forward on the path to truth because you allow that behavior to continue. And transformation means change. Change in thought and change in behavior. And as long as you keep the same patterns going over and over and over, Without change, it means that you've created a wall, or as the Sufis say, a veil, between yourself and the truth, something that you can't see through, something that stops you from doing the right thing. Now, these things that we harbor and that we hide, these things that we hold on to that are inappropriate, These secrets that we all have are our own secrets and Allah has made it so that it's hidden and Allah has made it so that the only ones who can change those ways are ourselves. The Quran says there is no compulsion in your deen, there is no compulsion in religion, There is no compulsion in doing what's right. There's no compulsion in loving Allah. There's no compulsion in loving the truth. There's no compulsion in moving towards reality. Many of the religions in the world seem to have bypassed this understanding. Now, when the Quran says there is no compulsion in your deen, it doesn't mean just that you shouldn't force people. It means you can't. And why can't you? Because Allah has created us in such a way that we have hidden places that nobody can see. So what is it that they can force? Well, they can force you to dress a certain way. They can force you to show up places at certain times. They can force you to pray in a certain way. They can, uh, they can force you to... Uh, make pledges of a certain kind at certain times, but they can't violate your hidden places. They can't know them. The only one who knows them is you and Allah. And Allah knows this, and that's why he made it that way. Because this agreement is not between you and man. It is between you and Allah. This connection is not between you and man. It's between you and Allah. So no matter what length your beard is or isn't, whether that connection exists between you and Allah cannot be seen. All that can be seen is the length of your beard. And that has no indication of the reality of the relationship between you and Allah. Uh, My teacher, Baal Muhayyiddin, once said, you can't reach God either by shaving or growing your hair. And the point is that you can't reach God by shaving or growing your hair, but you also don't reach God just by external things. There has to be an internal connection and all the world can do if it so chooses is force you to do external things but it can't violate that sacred space that's inside of you that only you have access to where your connection with God can exist if you so choose to make it exist our government has realized in its criminal justice uh, methodology that that sacred inside space shouldn't be violated. So they don't force people to speak against themselves, at least according to the tenets of the way the statutes are written. The world needs to realize in religion that people can't be forced. But again, once institutions are established, the main focus of an institution is to make that institution stronger, to make that institution uh, have more people in it, to give that institution more power. And that begins to overwhelm and take precedence over the fact that man's relationship with God is a private uh, situation. So you have religions that will tell you that your only access to Allah, to God, is through an intermediary priest. And without the use of this priest, there's no way that you can have a relationship to God. So you have to have your relationship with the priest who then makes the entreaty for you Uh, to God. We need to know that that place where that connection is made is inside of ourselves. And we need to know that to make that connection, that part of us inside of ourselves that makes the connection has to be made pure. All of the roadblocks to that spot have to be cut away. All of the walls that we've built up that don't allow us to recognize that place have to be shattered. All of the veils that we've created between this world and reality that we hold as real when it's not have to be taken away. All of the little secrets that we harbor have to be cleansed and let go of. We need to become clean like a baby is clean. We need to be without motive like a baby is without motive. Our motive has to come down to, we love our Lord and want to know our Lord. Now everything that we get attached to in this world, eventually becomes a separation between ourselves and our Lord. Everything that we do separates us from that because we can't be in two places at one time in that way. We can't serve what we're attached to and serve our Lord. Everything that we serve in this world is a distraction from serving our Lord, except if we do his work towards his creation. So if we become without motive for ourselves and begin to help others, begin to love others, begin to instill the truth of Allah in others, work towards that, that helps to cut away all of the secret places and self motives that we have inside of ourself. Because the the greatest way to get out of yourself is to do service. If you can't meditate, do service. Service accomplishes incredible things when it occurs. If you do service selflessly, then that means that you have entered into moments of selflessness. And it's in those moments of selflessness that you begin to see the truth. Because all of a sudden, when you're selfless, all the things that you worry about yourself about disappear because you're not thinking about those things. You're not thinking about all of the things that separate you from Allah. All you're thinking about is the service that you're doing. So we need to learn and we need to understand the different states that we go through and that we enter into. We have to see what we're like when we're angry. And we have to understand how we react when we're angry. Then we have to see what we're like when we're lovely and how we react when we're lovely. If you want people to be loving towards you, become lovable. If you're not lovable, how do you expect people to love you? I was walking down the street yesterday uh, about four or five days ago and somebody was walking a tiny baby bulldog. It was the most lovable thing I've seen in a long time. As this dog was walking by, he was so adorable. Everybody stopped in the street to look at him and to talk to the owner and to just stay with that little tiny dog for a little while. Can you imagine if we could be that lovable? That if people walk by us and our nature is such, they wanted to stop just to spend some time in our essence. Well, I was with a teacher who was like that. He was so lovable that you just wanted to sit in his room. He didn't have to talk. He didn't have to do anything. He just had to sit there, and we wanted to sit there because of how lovable he was. And why was he so lovable? Because we weren't afraid of him. We knew he had no self-motive. His intention was only on our behalf. His intention on our behalf was the best for us that could possibly be. And we felt graced to be allowed to be in that environment and understand what that environment is like. Now, marriage is a laboratory for that kind of an environment. Marriage is a situation between two humans who are together a lot, who need to develop this kind of an attitude towards each other. Imagine if your wife treated you the way Bawa would treat you. Or imagine if your husband treat if a husband treats his wife the way Bawa treats you. If you can bring that into action, if you can bring that loveliness into action, if you can bring that lovability into action, if you can give towards each other and look how to satisfy each other as the foremost of your endeavors, your life will become so different. And within that little group of two, there can be fulfillment. The entire universe can be fulfilled. I remember once my wife was away uh, for a week, far away, and we have not, uh, we had not been apart very often during our marriage, and uh, I said to her, whether I was trying to score points or not, I'm not sure, but I said to her, us being apart this far and this long is like a tear in the universe. Now, we need at the very least to be able to talk to each other like that but more importantly we need to be able to feel towards each other like that and if we can feel towards each other like that we can expand that to more and more people and then all of the tears in the universe can be healed they can all be brought back together everything can be made whole so, just as the entire universe can be between a union and a man and wife, if, if a true union between a man and wife exists, then a true union can begin to exist among more people. Because if it happens in one place, it can happen again. But somebody has to start this ball rolling. Imagine how much healing Bawa did by sitting on that bed in Philadelphia how much impact he had on how many lives and how many sutures he, 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 he placed in people's existences just by being who he was, being without motive, being constantly ready to assist, being constantly ready to love, and being constantly ready to give. He had no hidden places. He had no spots that were inaccessible or that he wouldn't allow access to. As a matter of fact, he lived his entire life in an open room because he didn't need to hide. He didn't need that separation. We need to become open like that. We need to do away with all those hidden spaces, all those hidden things. We need to enter into that open space where, as opposed to dark, hidden cells, there's just light. All the veils have been torn asunder, all the walls have come down. Light is all that remains. May it come to pass that each of us have that understanding, that each of us know that way of being, and that each of us reaches that truth. Amin, amin, yarabil amin Assalamu alaikum, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.